0: Hello and welcome to episode 187 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, and we have the whole crew here again this week, guys. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, good morning, Jeremy.
2: Jeremy, Ricardo, what's up?
1: Oh, you know, same old thing. Just another day of gout. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Ricardo's dealing with the gout right now. It's like I, I had no.
0: That sounds so. I've heard you know, Davin had that. Brandon, our boy Davin,
1: yeah. friend yeah, of the man. podcast. Shout name. out,
2: yeah. shout out to Davin, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just uh, it's it's weird because it's in my elbow, and I thought I had done it elbow. doing y- yard work. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that I was like.
2: I, I, I just, just don't know a lot about it.
1: Well, it's just um, you know I got bad kidneys, right? So when your creatine levels go up, um, uh. and I just wasn't. Um, I was doing that, some uh, tearing out of old bushes and stuff like that, and I guess I just wasn't staying hydrated. Yeah, you a little you bit. Hydrated, yeah. yeah, I had a little bit of uh, liquor and um, some alcohol. And <laughs> I didn't know
2: that uh, gout. I, I guess it, is it just is it a joint thing? Because I always thought it was just in the ankles or something.
1: No, it's a buildup of uh, like uh, uric acid in your joints. Mm. Yeah.
0: Is that just yeah. like? Kidneys aren't like getting the uric acid out of your system.
1: Yeah. Cause my kidneys are bad. Yeah. And I didn't have enough fluid in me to pump them out. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, but anyhow, um, I'm happy it's Friday and I think I'm on the mend. I've had a lot of water, a lot of cherry juice, tart cherry juice. So, you know,
0: it's, nice. Well, yeah. um, you know, following up on our, our, uh, episode last week with Kenny Maine, me and Brandon were out at his son Ryder's eighth grade basketball game and shout out to those guys. Cause they look like the showtime Lakers out there. I know that's probably dating uh. myself significantly, but uh, kids go Google that. Anyway, they look <laughs> great. And we're sitting there and, and we always see this uh, photographer out there at these games. And I've seen him at some other uh, high school sporting events around the area here in Olympia. And he's wearing this brace and he doesn't get, he doesn't get around real great, but I mean, you know, just has some some mobility issues, it seems like. And Brandon, he he sat down kind of next to us off to the side, taking some photos of the kids coming down the court. And Brandon was like, I wonder if he's where he wears a brace on his left leg uh, from his basically from his knee down to his ankle. And Brandon was like, I wonder if that's one of those braces that Kenny Mayne works with with the Run Freely organization. And so I asked him what it was called. He said it's an exosim. I was just like, man, we just had Kenny Main on the pod our podcast last week for to talk about these and, and his run freely organization. And the guy was like, I Kenny Main's awesome. He's like, this thing's changed my life. Blah, blah, blah. It was it was really cool to actually see somebody that had benefited from this thing. Uh yeah. You know, it, it was funny
2: because we have we have seen Tim uh was his name now that we talked to him a little bit more yeah. at, at a lot of things like you said and i've noticed the brace um but we yeah. had never known uh about the brace and i thought that looks oddly familiar to what i've seen in the pictures and in the video so we decided to just ask
1: him and sure enough
2: wow that's yeah. cool
1: that's really cool
2: and he can certainly uh he he verified that yep it it is everything uh and more Said it changed. Oh, that's great yeah said it totally changed his life and and he was he was close to uh, amputation as an option.
3: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: He said that he, that he tried to go get an ankle replacement, I guess, and they said he was too young, so he was just basically living in pain. I guess he's a middle school teacher, so he, you know, he's probably walking around, walking the hallways and stuff quite a bit. I'm sure it was uh, it was pretty tough for him. But yeah, he said he has two of them now, and or has had two of them. I guess he's on his second one, and he just loves it. thinks it's like the greatest. Thing, but he was actually able to get uh, he said his first one that he had to buy out of pocket. But then the second one he was able to get covered by all but like seven hundred dollars through insurance. So very cool, man. I'm I'm glad, uh, glad to have like actually met somebody out out there that has used this thing and, and can verify how incredible it is.
1: Oh, that's great. And so it's relieved all the pain or most of the pain in his ankle and stuff.
0: Yeah, he said he still has a little bit of pain, um, but it, it, he, said, he said it's night and day compared to what what he was dealing with prior to getting the getting that exosim. So,
1: well, cool. you know, I don't, um, you know, I've been probably it's been probably about ten years since my first gout um, attack, I guess you would call them or incident or situation, but there is no pain that is. Um, that I can describe that is like this gout pain. You can't, you just want to cut your ankle off, mm. your foot off, your arm, and I was telling Jeremy Brandon this morning, like 5 o'clock this morning, it was just shooting down my arm, and I would have done anything to relieve that pain. But, um, yeah, it's just so tender in the joint and uh, inflamed, but um, I'm on the mend right now, and I know we're not going to talk about me, but one of the things was uh, you know, that Keith talked about And he says, you know, everybody's going to have mobility issues and whether it's something about gout or something in the interview, you know, he didn't talk about gout, but I mean, you know, he talked about mobility issues. He says, you know, people need to take care of their bodies. And, um, you know, I just neglected it by um, not staying hydrated like I knew I should have when I was doing all that yard work. So um, just be aware.
0: You went a full 10 years without having any issues, though, and then just like got 2 no, i i've had a
1: couple it's, it it pops up every couple of years and it's usually in the summer you know when you're out um you know a lot of it is uh like um you know you gotta watch your diet and you know when you've had like a lot of red meat that's why i don't eat a lot of red meat jeremy uh yeah. it's the proteins Dude. in them in that and when you have bad kidneys you just gotta watch all that so yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's, uh, you know, before we talk too much about everything except for our guests this week, uh, we did have an incredible guest. We, we're going to get to that here in a second. Uh, his name's Keith Smith. I was actually put in touch with him by friend of the podcast, Adrian Garcia. I appreciate him always uh, sending me over people that he thinks would be good for the show. And uh, Keith was did not disappoint. He is actually kind of back and forth, I guess, between California and Louisville, Kentucky, working mm-hmm. with Dr. Susan Harkema out there at the University of Louisville with the um, epidural stimulation that they've, you know, we've talked about this a few times, this particular study on the the podcast, and um, it, it sounds incredible. I mean, in, in some of the videos that he has out there of him after getting this procedure done, being able to you know, stand up, kind of balance himself. I mean, he's a, a high level quadriplegic as well. It's just crazy that, um, the, the amount of, of function he got back, I guess he said he can, um, his blood, I think he said his blood pressure is able to regulate much better, uh, all kinds of, uh, stuff. I I'm sure circulation must be way better by being able to stand up and, and kind of balance and do these things. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm super, super excited uh, for everybody to hear this one. I was, it was great talking to him, gives a lot of tips. He's been injured for 15 years, I think he said. And, uh, so me and him are a couple, couple OGs in this world, man. It's, uh, unfortunately not, not a, not a, a fun badge to wear, but, uh, it's something we gotta, we gotta live with. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you guys here. What do you guys think of uh think of the
1: interview? I thought it was great, Jeremy. And you know what? All you OGs, I really respect you for what you have to put up with every day. You know, um so you guys got a lot of respect. A lot of people with disabilities – well, everybody with disabilities has my respect. So, you know, cuz it's not you know, even a good day can be a bad day when you're able bodied, right? I mean, you know what I mean? It's not you know right. Yeah. So, well,
2: I, I was uh really excited about the um prospect of people that have had a spinal cord injury for a lengthy period of time being able yes. to get in and do some of these cool treatments uh because sometimes we wonder hey is it is it just too late like can there be any change and obviously it's not let's get in let's get in there
0: yeah, that, that was the most exciting part to me too, that somebody who's so far past their injury date that can still get this procedure done and have such great success with it. So um, that's that, that, that's the big thing, right? That's what we always, always, that, that's always my first thing that I look at any of these new studies that are coming out. Like, are they working with people that have been injured for years or this is just like a, an acute, uh, acute injury uh, situation where it's, you know, somebody who's been, has to have been injured within the last year or last two years or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's, that's very hopeful. It gives me hope, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, well, without further ado, we've rambled on long enough. Let's get to Keith Smith. I think this guy is, is incredible. He's very, uh, motivational and uh i hope everybody likes this and we will talk to you on the other side this week on the live to walk again podcast Uh i am excited to visit with keith smith uh who's a father father of three boys uh the founder of the united spinal uh central coast of california chapter and a spinal cord injury survivor and he's also an advocate Keith, welcome to the show, man.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. I, I haven't seen your show yet, so I'm real curious to see how this all comes out. But uh, what's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. Let's talk about some good stuff and help some good people.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, Keith, for anybody that doesn't already know your story and how you were injured uh, and suffered the spinal cord injury, like, what what happened? Um, When did it happen? Like, uh, how long have you been dealing with this?
3: I broke my neck 15 years ago in three days. So I'm approaching my 15 year mark. I I got him my motorcycle one night. I, I crashed two blocks away from the house. I woke up in a hospital three days later, C4 complete. And, uh, life has been, a a battle playground ever since. And it's been real interesting, you know, but, uh, that's okay, we're making it work and I'm happy to be here and happy to be alive. So you know, the first ten years I don't think I was as happy as I am now. Take some time, but everybody's gotta find the reason why why they're alive, what they're living for. And you know, it's, I'm still finding mine, but I'm finding many reasons along the way. Okay, that's one more reason that I, I wanna be here. So there's a lot of reasons that I wanna be here and those are just things you gotta you gotta cope with as you as you move along with this injury, because you and I, as you know, the things we go through sometimes are extremely challenging, and we always ask that question, why? And, and I think nobody has an answer. We've just got to come up with the best solution to it ourselves and what makes sense to us. And, you know, as I've gone along and had my ups and my downs, my good days and my bad days, one of the things that really stuck out to me was my family. My kids and my men, how would everybody be if I wasn't around? What could I if I was up in heaven, wherever we go? I'm looking down, I see them struggling. I'm like, man, I would trade anything just to be there right now while they need me so I can guide them or help them. However, I can, even though I'm paralyzed, I can still figure out how to get shit done for my kids, my family while I'm here. So I'd rather be here and help them through those times than not be here let them struggle and go out of the alone. So that's one of the things that makes me uh, uh feel like I started to be here. And then I see other people struggling in wheelchairs. I just, sometimes they have a harder time coming to terms with things and I want to be here for them too. So I want to help them. I want to help encourage them and, and educate them on things that they can do to become happier. You know, I'm still learning myself. So this is a, yeah. this is a big journey that we're all on here, man. So you're on it too. Uh, you know, so everything I'm talking about, feel it. Absolutely. So yeah. you, you know you so you get injured in what? So
0: it's what 2009. 2008, yeah. 2009? 2009,
3: February, February twenty, 2009. Worst yeah. day of my life.
0: Wow. So it, it, once you go through, they get you. Know, you wake up. You said in the hospital a few days after the the accident. Uh, what? how long do you spend in the hospital? Like how long before you get to go to rehab? And then I know like back in 98, when I got injured, you know, I got like three and a half months in rehab. So I got a ton of time now people, you know, they're trying to push you out the door like a couple weeks in. So yeah. yeah, Like where, where, where did, uh, where did you go through rehab at? And then where, um, how long did you actually get to to do this?
3: Dude, I broke my neck in Santa Maria, California, uh, about an hour north of Santa Barbara and uh, I was stuck in the hospital there for a month. I went in and I was in a coma for three days. They gave my mom paperwork and said, he's done, but you want, they wanted her to sign it to so take my organs. And my mom was too upset. She didn't sign the paperwork. And fortunately for me, three days later I woke up. And then they did the surgery and all that. I let her know, hey, he has a C4. You know, spinal cord injuries, never gonna walk. And They said I had brain, severe brain trauma. Sometimes I think I might have, and they said, when I wake up, I'm not gonna marry my kids, I'm not gonna know how to talk, I'm gonna be on a ventilator and a and a trach the rest of my life. And uh, they probably said it's a lot of people with spinal cord injuries because you know we're kind of they don't really know, you know, we don't we don't meet the the standard criteria for you know still being alive and being functional. If you break your neck and they pinch your nipples or whatever the hell they do to determine that you're still alive and that you're gonna be okay and you're gonna know, walk in, or they pinch our nipples, nothing happens. Because we don't feel it you know so it, it just nobody really knew i think that happened since a lot of spinal cord injury but i was in a coma for three days i was in the hospital for a month because uh i was too unstable to be transferred to rehab Then they ended up transferring me to santa barbara cottage rehab where i was there for three months and uh learned all the the, the crummy things that we had to go through from bowel programs to catheter changes to uh not being able to move and screaming out for help inside the side of your bed because you know your leg fell off or something bad's going down, and you're too hot and your eyes being funny. Um I learned a lot and I didn't learn enough at the same time. And I don't think three months is long enough to teach anybody how to live with the spinal cord for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's a it's a learning experience the entire way. You know, here I am fifteen years in. I'm still learning shit.
0: Every day, man. Every day, I swear to God, learn something new. Um, You know, so kind of transitioning then out of the that that bubble that we're all in when we first are injured in the hospital, where you have like people that you know you can call at any second to come in and and help you with anything. Um, What what was this? What was that transition like for you coming out of the hospital? Like, are you? Um, you and your girlfriend and your kids—like you guys—like own the house at that point. Did you uh have to like oh, get renovations done we, to a house? Like, how did you come out?
3: Dude, we rented a house. I I worked two jobs. I worked two full time jobs. My girl worked a full time job. So when I broke my and I had two kids from a previous relationship that, and then my girlfriend was pregnant at the time, so they lived with me. So. She's taking care of my two kids and then she's pregnant. With one. No, sorry. <laughs> she we just had the baby. It was, it was eight months actually by that time. Eight months, Ethan was eight months, my thing. And then I had two other kids in another relationship, but anyways, we're taking care of, the, of trying to trying to raise a family. We're young, you know. I, I was 23, she was 22, and we we're just just trying to get a bite. And then I break my neck, stupid me. Uh and then you know all the finances get flipped upside down. Everybody's we're, we're struggling. Uh, I don't know how we paid rent the first month. I think my grandma might have helped or something. My sister helped. Uh, but from there we started getting we got on programs and uh, I ended up getting lucky. I got housing, and so that really helped my rent at the time. Uh, then we transitioned out. Oh, I don't know how we ended up getting Social Security. I got. Social Security, which paid very little. Uh, my girl was working. But as we progressed, we learned, we started learning about programs that we qualified for and things the state provided. Uh, one of the programs I got and I still get is called In Home Supportive Services, which is a, a program that I think a lot of people in my situation get. And if they don't, they certainly should apply. I uh, used to get Medi Cal through the state and then IHSS, In Home Supportive Services. Is to have somebody come and take care of you. and you know, depending on your your uh, your your level of injury, the the help that you require obviously is, is going to be uh, more needed. So you get more uh, hours given to you. Give a higher level of injury because you got to be fed, you got to have your teeth brushed, you got to do all that because you don't can't use your hands. I can't use my hands, so my girl ended up. Uh, My girlfriend ended up getting paid, and that's just kind of, oh, man, how do I explain that? I don't know. That was how we we started going along with things. Then, then she started working, and we started getting enough of each other. So, you know, then I used my sons, and and I got to hire. I got to have people come in from outside the community, but I reached out to lots of people in the community. So I always got good helpers, but there's different programs that are available through the states, and I know you're way out there in Washington, so I don't know how that works, but yeah, uh,
0: we have so we have California. A
3: similar program here too. Yeah, you have a what? We have
0: a similar program here too. Uh, that sounds it sounds very similar to that, called the Area Agency on Aging or something like that. And uh, yeah,
3: yeah, and you know it's challenging, you know, because people with spinal cord injuries like us, you can't just bring anybody in and say, "Hey, can you change my catheter for me?" Or, "Hey, can you uh." Help me out when I have autonomic dysreflexia. Right. People don't know what the heck that is. But you need to have usually it comes down to the family members. The family members are are the ones who understand the things that we go through. So, you know, if you don't have a family member as a caregiver, it's, it's challenging. And I know from experience it's very tough. So finding those skilled people to help us is a challenge is something that we all face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Um uh... So, you know, I, I I always thought that, you know, whenever I talk to somebody that has either had kids or before the injury or um with like you know, I know like our friend our mutual friend Adrian, like his wife was pregnant at the time or his girlfriend was pregnant at the time when uh he got in, when he got injured. Um and shout out to him, it was just his life day yesterday. So uh, yeah, I know he's doing well. Uh, but yeah, you know what? What is the like? That's just gotta add such another layer of stress onto everything. Uh, you know, let alone dealing. I mean, this like as if this injury wasn't stressful enough. Then you, you know, you're you're worried about your your children, man. Like, what what was that like for you? Kind of coming out. Like, where were you at mentally? Um, you know, like how how was kind of your mental health at that point? And
3: uh, dude, to be honest, man, it's not. I don't feel like I'm the only one who gets robbed, and everybody else who's injured, you we're all robbed, undoubtedly. But it's not just us; it's our kids get robbed, our family gets robbed, our 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 friends get robbed, our communities get robbed because all the, all of our skills and abilities and compassion, and all the things that we would have contributed, we don't get to contribute. So not only does the community and our families, our friends, our children get robbed, but then we got to sit with that guilt, knowing and and like you know sometimes I see my kids struggling. I'm like, man, I just want to give them a hug and I can't even get up to give them a hug. So then not only does that hurt me, but then they're hurt too. Cause they're like, how come my dad doesn't love me? Or they don't understand why, you know, it's, it's a, it's an emotional thing, man. And part of having a spinal cord injury is every single person have, who has one is going to go on an emotional roller coaster, And that's, you know, that that's, that's, that's the least I can say of it, but it uh it's a roller coaster. We're gonna have our ups and our downs and our we're gonna go through the depression and we're gonna we're gonna have to find new meanings of life why we wanna live because life is it, completely changed. So now we have to what do we want to do for a living? Because what we wanted to do, maybe we can't do anymore because of our, our, our abilities. You no, know, we don't want to live now. Damn, I always I always wanted to have a ranch. Or have a lake house or something, you know? And I and I think about that now and like why would I want to have a ranch? Why would I want to have a lake house? What the hell am I gonna do with that? I can't my wheelchair doesn't do good in the in the dirt. It doesn't do good driving up and down over the mountains or the water. I can't jump in a boat. I can't ride a horse. I'm better off in the city where if something happens there's a hospital nearby or I can get my wheelchair fixed or have my van looked at prepared quickly. So there's just there's a lot of, of of aspects to look at when it comes to your you know your mental uh, uh, clarity, and your your mental abilities after spinal cord injury. Everything gets changed. Everything has to be reevaluated, and you know it, it's hard to give an answer to newly injured people. Like you know they they look at us people who've been injured for a long time. They want they want some uh, guidance or some words of encouragement. Dude, the only thing I can say to people who are newly injured or people who are injured and struggling is you just gotta be tough. We gotta be tough. We gotta be tough until we can't be tough anymore. You know, and it sucks to say that, but I had a guy tell me that from a church, man, it hit home so hard. I was going through a tough time. And I remember asking him, like, I was like, because I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. And uh I was like, dude, why is, why does God let, you know, good people suffer and go through, you know, hurtful, bad things. And then bad people seem like they have a good time. And they come up and, you know, I wanted an answer because I thought, you know, I feel like I'm a good guy. Why am I going through what I go through? And uh, and his response to me was, I don't know. He said, but I know what God is telling me to tell you, just be tough. You got to be tough. And uh, I didn't quite understand at the time, but since then, it's resonated on me and we don't understand the, the things that we go through here on this, this earth. And we don't even know why we're here, let alone why we got an injury or why we're paralyzed. But we have to accept as human beings that this all has a purpose. Something from this is all meaningful and something profound is, is going to happen because of our, our addition, our, our, uh, contribution to this world and as sad as it may be for the people who are in wheelchairs i believe that everything happens for a reason and we still have a job to fulfill and things to do even if we're in this spot so you know i i, I noticed myself i'll have a bad day and i'm like man, having a bad day i, I don't want to get up i don't want to do anything and then I, I just so some some somehow some way i find the will to fight through it get up and go out today the and then something happens in the middle of that day i'm like oh shit if i didn't get up and go then i would have missed out on this opportunity or you know this person would have missed out on me being that would help them or you know and it just ends up being a, an extraordinary day and i'm like wow man something bad was trying to stop me from having this good experience happen and i don't that's just you know my own experience but that's what i notice, You know, when you have a spinal cord injury and you're paralyzed you got a lot more time to sit around and analyze life in situations and things that you're going through. So I encourage people to do it. Yeah. If you're in a wheelchair, analyze your situation. It's something to be learned.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, man. I could not agree more. Uh, you know, I did see, I, I was watching some, um, you know, like video, YouTube videos that you were, uh, that you were in, like from like news broadcasts and, and then a couple other like the rise up video, uh, which was done really well. That was very cool. Um, but I, I saw that you were working with uh, the folks at at uh, Project Walk in Los Angeles. And then um, yeah, well, I'm not sure if that happened first, or or if the United Spinal Central Coast uh, chapter started first. But, you know, talk about I guess first talk about, yeah, like your, your experience with project walks. I've heard they're a very cool organization. Um, I know they have them kind of all over the country. So, uh, what was that like for you getting to go down there and like work out with other, other people dealing with, with similar injuries? Um, yeah, how was that for you?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, somebody at Santa Barbara cottage rehab friend of mine had gone and went to project walk San Diego and, you know, I I didn't hear about anything. There was no treatment or nothing for spinal cord injury after I was released from the hospital. It was the first thing I heard of, and I was desperate and I wanted to go. And know, uh, we went to a uh, Project Walk in two thousand ten, Carlsbad, which is right by San Diego. We were there for three weeks, and I met some people there. Uh, it, it was it's an activity based rehab center, so people uh, who are in par- who are paralyzed with wheelchairs have some ability or or handicap issue can go to these facilities and they will literally move your legs for you, and you just mentally try to go with it. They uh, they they do activities. They throw a ball at you. And you try to catch it. You move to the left. They throw a ball at you from another angle. You try to catch it. You try to throw it. Just simple activities that they use to to uh, 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 rehab people who are in wheelchairs. You know they're they're still challenging. you have spinal cord injury, but they they've been shown scientifically to be semi-effective for people in our situations you know when you have a spinal cord injury there's like so much you can do but they it helps it helps move around it helps to get your muscles stretched out um anyways i came home and i don't know how I, I got in touch with the the guy who ran the facility carlsbad he asked me if i was interested in being an ambassador for los angeles i uh, he, he remembered me and uh I said sure why not open up a new spot we Open up a new spot in Santa Monica so with a guy Jeff Lefkowitz. yeah the guy from uh Missouri good guy and uh I would go down there and just help them I helped them establish a spinal cord injury support group and we put on uh Christmas parties and get togethers and start a little community there in Los Angeles and uh uh they would they would give me I would get a few hours a week of free workout time there at the at this place to help promote them. And that's, that's what I did for a while there. And then, uh, and then a guy from United Spinal reached out to me and asked me if I'd start a chapter of United Spinal where I live. And uh, I, I, I didn't when he first reached out to me, I just had a lot going on and then he reached out to me again. And uh, I was, I had just got through the, the implantation at the University of Louisville, and I was at home and I didn't have nothing going on, and so I figured, what the heck, and, we started a chapter, and I thought it would be real beneficial, but I don't know, Mary, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because yeah, I got a lot of people who signed up with me, I got a lot of good, made a lot of good friends, but I got a lot, of, I call them the Keith Smith hater group, I got a Keith Smith hater group, and I, I talked to my doctor about it. I talk to my family about it. They they agree. If you when you got hate a hater group, it's probably because you're doing something good, and that just comes to the territory. But I'm like, dude, I'm in a wheelchair, man. Like, why would anybody hate on me? I'm just trying to. I don't know. Maybe they think I'm I'm bragging. Or I'm I'm trying to show off because of all the things I do, but I do it because I'm proud of my achievements. Because my 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 abilities are compromised. And if I can push through and do things, it makes me proud. So I like, I like showing it off.
1: It's oh, not
3: yeah. not. I'm not doing anything bad anymore. i not trying to put anybody down. I'm just proud of what I'm going through because I'm in a shitty spot.
0: Yeah, man. But yeah, I don't know why somebody would want to be hating on anything positive like
3: that. Because I mean, it sounds like yeah. the
0: United Spinal is such an amazing organization. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you guys do there at, at yeah. United Spinal? And so, I know uh, we, I had uh, Chelsea Furich on the show back a while ago. She was very awesome. And then obviously Adrian, I know he's involved with, uh, with United Spinal there with you guys as well. So yeah, tell us a little bit about, uh, about the organization and, and kind of what the, the goals for it are.
3: So, so United Spinal, like I said, I'm i I'm a chapter of United Spinal. United Spinal itself is a national foundation that it's, right. uh, they got chapter leaders all over the country and, uh, it's a group of people that meet up regularly on a monthly basis. They they do Zoom calls. We do Zoom calls and they provide uh uh basically United Spinal is a, a foundation that teaches leaders in their community how to be leaders and how to be peer mentors. They they give us the resources and knowledge and, and the things we need to to outreach to our communities and 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 teach our, our communities. About living with the wheelchair, and where they can find resources, and how they can network with each other, and how we can create meeting spots where we can all get together and share tips and ideas, and just uh, you know figure out how to be you know normal people in our communities. So uh, it's it's a way of getting networking. It's a way of networking the groups of people suffering, living in wheelchairs, you know, all over the country, coast to coast, and we're we're proud to be. Part of that, we're a chapter of that. So, if we're going to Las Vegas, because we want to go out have a good time with our friends? There's a chapter in Las Vegas. We can reach out. Hey, where's a good motel or hotel, or where can I rent a van at? They're gonna have all the places to point you in, all the good directions to point you in. So, it's uh it's just a big network. It's a big network, and we're we're we've got each other's backs. It's good to socialize with people who are challenged with the same things as you. So when something that's challenging, you can uh you got people to back you up. Oh, that's be- what that's what it is. You know, you like we like to get the community involved too. So we go out to the farmers markets. We like to put on accessible uh recreational activities. We did uh something with uh oh, I forgot the name uh track nature tracks nature tracks uh a lady named Sue there she she purchased these track deals you drive a, a manual wheelchair up onto these tracks and then a, a cord with a handle comes up the side and you're strapped into this. And you can drive these things that like tank tires. So we're driving them down the beach through the sand, having a good time. And, you know, we got to see some guy's parents cry and, you know, it gets real emotional. And Those are the good things. We do that. We took a group of people, four-wheel driving uh, in the Oceano Dunes with a, a guy who, who uh, has Humvees we got tied down and we made a video out of that too. Actually, Chelsea was in that video. Uh we were doing it. We were we were four wheel driving out the dunes. Chelsea was up in one of those uh that's, Hummers with us.
0: we do we just, so cool. just try to do
3: fun stuff like that.
0: That's awesome. That's that's such a great I mean like yeah, just building the community and, and connecting with other people. That's that sounds incredible. Uh you yeah. know, I did like one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on the show was because uh with talking with Adrian. Uh, about uh, we you know, we always talk about different kind of stuff in the, like the, um, you know, like the, what do you want, what, what word I'm freaking blank on? Like the evolution of like uh, spinal cord research, I guess with, um, you know, he, he was telling me about the, we, we talk about Susan Harkima and the university of Louisville and the epidural stimulation study all the time. And he was like, Oh my guy, Keith, he's out there doing it right now like he, he he got the implant and he's uh out there working with them so i, I was like man i gotta hear about this so I, I i you know explain to everybody what the the study that you're participating in is and um you know what what you're doing
3: yeah so i i applied uh to participate in research on a website called victory paralysis.org and uh basically that's dr susanna arkema's non-profit foundation in uh, I I got selected to to be a uh, uh, looked at to be a part of the something called the Big Idea. The Big Idea is a was a trial that was funded by the Christopher Ree Foundation, where thirty six participants with spinal cord injury are implanted with an epidural stimulator, and I I was number five. I got implanted number five, and I had a stimulator planted on my lower spinal cord. So I have sixteen electrodes that touch uh the lower part of my spinal cord is like uh, t11 t12 and l1 region i think they call that the brain of the spinal cord i'm not a doctor either i'm not telling you this because dr arkham but yourself told me this this is what i read but uh so i got 16 electrodes that touch that area and when those electrodes you know just number out one through 16 one two three four five so on they can turn those electrodes number one negative number two positive, number three positive, number four positive, five negative, so on, so on. And they can make different uh, configurations, different combinations. And then they can shock you with different frequencies, different hertz, different amplitudes, different things. There's a different outcome that is produced in the body by the spinal cord being stimulated in that in that fashion. So, you know, I, I got this stimulator on my spinal cord and we've learned that when it gets shot in different ways, I can I can activate my core, so I I can control my my abdomen. Uh, when it's when it, they use another configuration, I'm able to stand, so it locks out my hip flexors and my knee extensions. So they made me my own custom standing standing frame. I go up in the standing frame, I stand up. They put me into a standing position, and then they feather off, and then I'm able to hold myself with this configuration while it's turned on and you know after standing for about 20 or 30 minutes, you know, it takes a little while to build up the endurance and the stamina to be able to do that, but it all comes back just like riding a bike because my muscles were, you know, atrophied to nothing, I just had bones. And then I went up, and my muscles, like, almost look like you know, I would imagine they look before I broke my neck. And I don't control them, but as we turn on the stimulator and they activate the muscles, when I go back to what I was saying. When I'm standing for like 20, 30 minutes, you see my quads. You see all the muscles just start quivering. You see them quivering. I'm like, oh, man, that's just something you don't see with spinal cord injury. But because the stimulator is on and it's stimulating the spinal cord, those nerves, they're firing. They're waking up those muscles. and Those muscles are are are, are doing something. They're quivering and They're they're working because I'm standing. You know, and I stand for about an hour and then I come down and I've got enough. Uh, but so that's what the stimulator is stimulator is an implanted uh a device that goes over the spinal cord it originally started as just a a back pain people get these stimulators all over the all over the world and this one's a little different that but the way it started was it's just a back pain stimulator people get implanted with with back pain whether they have spinal cord injury or not and it's supposed to numb the pain out well dr susan harkeman Dr. Reggie Egerton and the team, they found out that, you know, when they do, when they sh- they shock the spinal cord with different intensities, this and that, different things happen. So they've been working with a company called Medtronics. And Medtronics is the, the manufacturer of the device and their engineers, uh, they, they have manipulated some things with the device to make it a little different. So, you know, it's not an off the shelf uh, back pain stimulator anymore. Now they're able to go in, like I said, and control the electrodes one through 16 and change the different frequencies and the different amplitudes and all the different ways that it works. They're able to individually get in there, you know, do different things with it. And, you know, and the, the epidural stimulation itself has evolved so much from the time I was implanted. I, I, I've i had some software updates, I got some new equipment, started with a little remote control and now I got a tablet that that controls my device wirelessly. So Wirelessly, I jump on my Samsung tablet, and I can uh, jump into the different configurations, and different programs, and change the intensities and all of that. And uh, I got a standing frame that they sent me home with, and so I can. Uh, I go home, and I take three people. But you know, one person gets down on knees, one person sits behind you, either in your wheelchair or on a table, and then one person's in front of you. And then, whenever he says go, everybody starts pushing. Guy on knees pushes. The guy sitting behind you has the hands under your butt, pushes you up. So it's just wherever those joints need to bend, they get pushed. So you get pushed straight. Guy in front of you hits shoulders, erects your trunk. So now you're standing up into a standing position because those three people push you there, put you there. And then they feather off, and your hands are uh, – you know, I can't use my hands. You kind of use them like pegs almost. On a on a standing fence they design that has, you know, the poles to – Wrap your hands around, it, hold your hold you up, and you just hold yourself. So you know for an hour, you're just trying to hold yourself up, and with it with that configuration on that they turn on for you, your muscles are firing. It's holding you up, and oh man, you come down and you're just you feel winded. Like dude, you don't feel like this. I've never felt like this except before you break your neck. Once you break your neck, you don't have that opportunity to get that kind of exertion. Or that exhaustion that you but with your stimulator, whoo, you get exhausted. So when you come down, you feel like you just got beat up. And then, I, man, I remember when I first started standing, I'd come home and I I, I literally wake up, get ready to go to the university. i go to the university. I would stand for an hour. And then I will come home and I will go straight to bed. And i straight to sleep until I woke up the next day to go again. And just that's the beat down that it gives your body. That's the beat down that we don't get. So there, this is a, a priceless, priceless tool for people who have spinal cord injury because it activates those muscles, gets your heart pumping, pumps your blood through your body, brings your muscles back from atrophy, makes you happy. dude. Like, man, I, the best way I can explain having a stimulator for people like us who have spinal cord injuries is, you know, we go out in our wheelchair and I don't care what's cooking. I don't care how good it smells outside. You don't care about the weather. It's gloomy. It's shitty. It's a bad day. Or when you get a stimulator, you go outside and, man, food tastes better. It, it smells better. That The sun is shining on you. It feels good. You hear the birds chirping. Like, dude, it's a, it's a completely different life. I got implanted so weird. I got implanted the day before my 10 year anniversary. When I, uh, when I broke my neck and a, Man, if I would have had my fingers, you know, maybe not at that moment, but many years before that, if I had the ability to squeeze a trigger, dude, I wouldn't be here. And everybody who knows me knows that that's true. I'm not the type of guy. I was ready to go, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. There's a reason things happen the way they happen, but God knew it. If I had that ability, I wouldn't be here. Ten years in, i get implanted. And I had nothing going for me. I didn't care about life anymore. I, the way I see things now is completely different. My aspect, my 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 whole outlook on life, everything is different. And it's because of the stimulator. So it's just it's so frustrating to me, man, because I have people like Adrian, Chelsea, and those people. And, and I got many other friends who are in wheelchairs that they want to know when they're going to get a stimulator. And, you know, I... I ask those questions to the big dogs. I ask them to the doctor. These people keep asking me, uh, what do I tell them? You know, what what should I say to them? And uh, there's just so much damn red tape and bureaucracy around it all. Who's making money and who's not making money. And it's not the doctor, man. This doctor has a huge heart. Doctor is, is upset and wants this technology and this stuff to be out to the people who need it it's it's the other guys it's it's I, I don't know how to point fingers and oh, to guy. be honest I don't know everything I just I I know what I how I how I I perceive things maybe but it it, it seems to me like you know my doctor and her team and every all of us who have been in the trial we've been doing we've made the strides and the information is starting to become available and it's just a matter of time before we get it out there. But in the meantime, it's the jobs of people like you and people like me to get it out to the rest of the world how how critical this technology is to change the lives of people who are suffering all over the world, especially, you know, obviously right here in our country first, but we need to get this technology out. And, and in order to do that, we need to have an uproar in our community that, hey, these things are available. The research is there. Here's the, here's the reports. Why isn't this coming to fruition already? It's about time. You know, people what, have suffered. You Go know, ahead.
0: Man. I just, I'm just curious. Like, so when you ask, you know, like the, the doctors and, and everything and that, you know, I know you said that they want this out like yesterday, but what's the, you know, I mean, obviously they have to like jump through all the hoops, right? I'm sure that's probably a big part of it, but do they have like a, any kind of like ballpark figure on a time frame that that they think this might be more readily available, or is it just still just going to be a waiting game for a while until they get everything, you know, kind of.
3: Well, all to be honest, man, I I'm not the guy who can give those specific details, but um, I I do know that they we're waiting on uh, FDA approval. So the FDA needs to approve the device to be used in people with spinal cord injuries. And they need to approve it to be used to treat spinal cord injuries. And then when they do that, from my understanding, then insurances will be able to cover the cost of having these things implanted. And then, you know, there's gonna be uh and in this right now, it's still so early in, in the phase of deploying this that I, I'm kind of reluctant to even say what I think because maybe what I think isn't what I know it's just what I think, but uh from what I I gather is, so the Kessler Foundation, Doctor, uh, or uh, yeah, Doctor Claudia Anjuli, she used to be a part of our team at University of Louisville. She branched out. She moved over to New Jersey, and uh, she's now in charge of the uh, the facility there. And they have begun implanting people with spinal cord injuries with epidural stimulation. And I believe at the moment, I think they're looking for sixty six candidates uh to be implanted with an epidural stimulator because they're continuing their studies and their research and uh i believe at the moment they're trying to expand in other areas too to have something called uh like satellite facilities so people would go in and get their implants at you know varying varying implant locations and then you know be able to return to their their hometown wherever they're at and then there'll be a, a, a close location called a satellite location where they can show up and these people will be trained how to use epidural stimulation for spinal cord injury. And they'll be able to you know, map them out. And what I mean by map is they put these stickers all over your body that are connected to wires. And then when they turn on the uh, stimulator, different muscles respond and they're able to see the, the, the activity on the computer screen okay this is making these muscles fire this is making those muscles fire when i change that this does that this does that this comes alive this goes to sleep and using you know that they're able to make different configurations to do different things in the body like the core the standing regulate your blood pressure I, i'm a big one on that i turn on this program and it regulates my blood pressure otherwise i would have some extreme blood pressure issues like i used to um but uh, they're sort of trying to get locations where people can go in and have their devices tinkered with. But as far as being implanted, I there's I'm I know right now U of and I want to see the Kessler Foundation in New Jersey uh, are the only two places doing it. I I have some ideas of other places, but I I don't know, so I don't want to say anything. But uh, yeah, Again, that's what, uh, that's the process I believe is happening.
0: Right. So are they? Is the the study at the University of Louisville, is that just capped off now? They're not taking any new patients, or is it they're just working with people that already have it? No, the University of Louisville,
3: they're doing spinal cord injuries all all the time. So the the study that I was in, I believe, has come to an end, which is uh, the big idea. Uh, But they do. They got testosterone studies going for people. They have all kinds of spinal cord injury trials going on from varying things to see. About the, the the declining testosterone in males after spinal cord injury, they got uh um so I know they got a whole bunch of bladder studies going on right now, and I want I believe they're still implanting people with the epidural stimulator just specifically to do some bladder studies. I don't know what the I don't know what they do with that later. I'm sure something, but no, they U of is a, or the Fraser Rehab in particular, who who works through U is is always doing spinal cord injury trials and i encourage everybody to go there. that's an amazing team of people who yeah. do some amazing things for people in wheelchairs and they're so knowledgeable They they can help you with a, a list of things that you might not even think of that that can be beneficial to your life if you're living in a wheelchair but uh no yeah they're, they're always running people can sign up on the website victoryoverparalysis.org and click participate in research and uh Sign up, and that's that's where they they draw from.
0: What um? So how long are you in Louisville for? Are you you just living there now? Is this like no? I like your home? I are live you...
3: in Pomona, California, but I fly back and forth all the time, man. I'm always flying to and from Louisville, and that's I'm talking to Susie. I'm trying to see if they can open up a satellite location in Santa Barbara, and I'm, I'm hoping this happens. But Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara Cottage Rehab, work on it. But, uh because I I flying is tough man I don't know if you've ever flown in I a wheelchair know, dude. but dude getting into an aisle chair and sliding onto the cushion it's it's chaotic I'm hoping,
0: man. I'm, I'm hoping Delta, I Delta I think it was Delta hurries up and gets this uh this deal they're supposed to have like a removable seat or a seat that can fold up so I we mean, can just go in in our chairs and get strapped in that would be amazing I know man. I'd be like let's go'm I'm, I'm down to travel yeah,
3: dude way. I flew I flew Delta before, and I'll never do that again. The best airlines that works for me in wheelchairs, the one that works best for me, is Southwest. Southwest, you, you're the first one on the plane. They transfer you onto a an idle chair, very tiny, but then they pull you on. They you slide off into the front seat of the plane, and then they pull the idle chair off, and then they let the plane on. Then the whole plane plane boards, and then when the plane lands, you you gotta let the whole plane unload. And then you're the last guy off the plane to come in with a chair, get you off, and and then if you got a, a connecting flight, you got to do it twice. It's it's tough, man, but it's doable. And so that's why it's so challenging to me when I fly to it from Louisville. You know, a week here, a week there, just however I'm going, however it's getting down, but it's a it, it, it's a challenge, man. So
0: I can people imagine, with man. wheelchairs
3: or people with spinal injuries, man, I feel you. But nothing is impossible. You just, you got to be prepared, man. Bring a cushion. Bring a good cushion because those cushions ain't good. So I bring a. He's called a, a purple cushion, and it's just a a a good cushion. I, uh my my girlfriend will put under my butt, and I they slide on that. And I sit on that so I don't get bed sores along the flight, you know. And even then, you know, it's still challenging. I got to get my weight shifted here and there. I got to lean forward, whatever, but. It's doable. You know, you, you're right. going to be sore for a week after you get off the plane. No, I guarantee you that. If it, if it ain't a short flight, you're in trouble.
0: I bet, man. Uh, well, yeah. you know, I've taken up a lot of your time today. I do just have a couple questions left for you, Keith. But, uh, you know, I did want to find out about – I know when we, we spoke before the podcast last week and uh, we were discussing the Neuralink study, and I know that you actually had the your brain scanned uh, through Neuralink. So, you know, talk about that experience and what that was like for you. I know I, I had my interview with them, probably like a m- month ago now or so, and and it, it definitely we we kind of discussed that too. That you know, it doesn't sound like it's uh anything that's going to really help people with dealing with paralysis at, at least not yet. Uh, like regain any function or movement or feeling, but. Uh, it's more of just kind of like testing their equipment right now so it's like I think we both kind of sounded like we're not interested at this point but hopefully down the road but you know, t- yeah talk about uh getting in and, and I guess being the first quadriplegic to have uh your brain scanned through the Neuralink program yeah
3: so I I uh I remember there's a girl a friend of mine on Facebook and I'm I feel horrible for forgetting the name somebody reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in driving up to uh Fremont, California to come see the uh the Neuralink uh plant. And so I said yeah, of course. And so me and my family we went in and we got to meet the team and we've seen the the machine that, you know, I guess cuts out a, a quarter-sized piece of scalp. They they they, uh, they cuts out a, a quarter-sized piece of your 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 skull and then a the machine is able to microscopically implant a, these wires into the brain. And then they put a chip in, and they pull your skin back over, your hair grows back and nobody even knows you have a chip in your head. But, uh, they were asking me the best ways that, you know, they thought would be a common to charge this. Cause it's gonna obviously have to get charged every day. And, uh, then I got to talk to the team and, and they offered, they asked me if I'd be interested in having a, an MRI done in my brain. And I said, sure. So I, I got to go to uh San Mateo, California. And we went we went to to a facility there and uh there was a big MRI machine and they wanted to know how it would be accommodating to people in wheelchairs. So uh, they put me in it and they uh I I told them I think memory foam would probably be required because you're sitting there, you don't want to know spasms, but they put this deal on my head in uh uh Something, something went over my eyes. I was seeing different pictures, but they were, they would ask me on a on a, a mic, I would hear a noise pop up while they were doing the MRI on, on me, and they asked me, "Uh, try to move your hand, make a fist. Uh, try to move your hand as if you're moving a mouse on a computer. And obviously, I can't do that because I'm a C4 spinal cord injury. But through the MRI, asking me to perform those actions, they were looking for the area of the brain that would light up. And so they found the area of the brain that was lighting up when I was trying to perform those tasks. And I guess that was the area of the brain where the the chip would have been implanted. And uh, so that we, you know, uh, theoretically you'll be able to, you know, manipulate a mouse or a machine using your thoughts that you're trying to close your hand move a mouse. I don't, and that's as that's as far as I I go with them man it, it was uh I, that that's all I've done early you no know, from my understanding they've implanted somebody uh I don't know much about the implant or anything about who he is or what he was going through I do know he was under 40. I do know that he was a quadriplegic and uh I'm, I'm praying for him right now. Yeah. I'm praying for him but uh wow, well, yeah, it's cool. Some, I mean, it's
0: so cool that you got to at least have that experience and kind of like get in with those people and, and kind of make that connection at, at the end of the day and just to have that reason. Yeah,
3: they're they're all good people. I, I talked to the doctor. I got to sit at the table with all their engineers and thank them for you know what they're doing because those people they're very intelligent, smart people and they're there trying to come up with these great theories and these great great ideas on you know how this chip can benefit mankind, but Obviously they're first, they're trying to see how it can benefit us. And and one of them told me that, you know, us being in wheelchairs that we are technically the the astronauts of this technology. Because we're the ones in wheelchairs desperate enough to get it, but because we're the ones who it could benefit more than other people who are injured. So we're the ones taking the chip. We're the ones going out in the field, you know, be, being being uh Having this ship being open-minded to have this thing put in our brains, we're the ones doing that. So technically, we are the astronauts of the field, and that's what's going on, man. So I never I, really I wish... thought
0: I never really thought about it like that, Keith. But I like that like, we're like yeah we are the ast- astronauts in this man. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's
3: so what it is, man. You know, it, it is what it is, and uh, I I think it's going to be once proven successful. Once everything goes well, it's a It's a a big leap for mankind because once we perfect this technology, God knows what they're going to do with it. I mean, I I could think of, you know, a million and one things that these chips could do for for mankind, you know, just for people without the spinal cord injury. But with the spinal cord injury, obviously there's many things it can do. I I think one of you told me, I I said, am I going to be able to uh, summon my Tesla with my thoughts after I this too and they said, you should be. And I might see if I can do that, then I better be able to summon my helicopter too, man. Because I want that too. I'm gonna summon my helicopter and all that, dude. It's gonna be great.
0: Oh yeah. That's that's awesome, man. That's very cool. Uh, you know, and then the the one last thing I did want to talk to you about, Keith, was um just like health tips that you might have. Like we were talking a little bit about that, how you know, they don't teach you some of these things in the hospital, like how to prevent bladder infections, how to prevent well all these different things. I think things. I was going over that
3: before you started recording, but yeah, I just have to say it again, man. So yeah, after breaking my neck, I went through years, man, of being getting sick, having UTIs, being constipated, you know, just being ill, man. And when you become paralyzed, obviously every system in your body is compromised. Everything. When you're down, and sometimes just the whole thing. You know, no matter what your injury is, if you're if you're not as mobile as you once were, you're compromised. So you got to change things around. You know, if you're unable to be healthy by moving your body, then you got to you got to figure something else out. You just got you got to do it. And so you know, as, as after so many years of struggling with all these issues, I started learning things. I, I came out. Why the hell am I getting? these UTIs all the time. Well, shit, if you're eating French fries and you're eating chips, you're eating cereal and you're eating all these fake carbohydrates and all this sugar and stuff, that's, stuff has got to come out of the body. You eat it, it comes out, especially for us. where We're not burning it off. We're not moving our muscles around. Well, where does it come out? It's going to come out your urine. It's going to come out your shit. So, you know, as, as all these bad things are coming out of your body, they're feeding the bad guys in your bladder. So you keep eating those chips, those French fries, that sugar, whatever, you're gonna keep getting UTI. So what do you do? You go to your urologist, you get a round of antibiotics, and you go home, you think everything's good now. Well, and then a week when those antibiotics run out, you slowly feel the tingles coming back on, ants crawling around, and going around, you start feeling it come back. What those antibiotics do? Those antibiotics killed all the good guys and the bad guys in your body. So now you don't got nobody defending your gut and come to find out if you fix your gut, you fix your bladder. So that's why it's so important that people get good probiotics in their gut. So important that people take a, a, a you know, this, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm skipping ahead on a whole bunch of things here, but I guess I feel like I can hit them all with one thing. So if people just focus on their gut health, once you're in a wheelchair, it's going to give you, good overall health in all aspects and a good way to do that is when you wake up in the morning find yourself the best extra virgin olive oil you can find with the highest polyphenol count you can look this up research the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil and i'm not talking just you know extra virgin olive oil you buy off the shelf at the grocery store i'm talking a good quality cold pressed organic stuff you know and remember you get what you pay for. So if you buy some cheap garbage, don't waste your money. You're just going to be putting poison in your body. But what that does, if you take it in the morning on an empty stomach, and it goes in your gut, and there's just so many aspects of your health that are benefited by that small substance, it changed my life completely, man. It'll make you not constipated. It'll help your urinary tract infections. It'll help your guts. It produces a good uh, uh, environment for the good bacteria to grow in your gut, to overcrowd the bad bacteria, to get all that shit out of your body. And you know, and that's just one thing. But, so it's very important that people do that. The second thing people need to do is Metamucil and you can get the Equate brand. It doesn't gotta be the the top dog brand, you can get the off shelf brand. But what that is, is just psyllium husk. Psyllium husk, take two tablespoons, just the big spoons you eat your cereal with, you get two tablespoons of that and mix that up in some water. Take that every single day because what that stuff does, it goes in your gut and it expands and it pushes out all the garbage and all that bad stuff in our gut that is immobile. We aren't moving around so that some of that shit just sits in our guts. It'll push all that stuff out. It'll make you have a a, a good bowel program every day. For the people in wheelchairs who have taken lots of antibiotics, your body is compromised galore. You are going to be sick all the time. There's only one thing that will help you. It's not taking probiotics. It's taking, there's a substance called Restore that I buy for 78 bucks on uh, Amazon. But there's one ingredient in it. It's called Terahydrate. I'm going to spell that. T-E-R-R-A-H-Y-D-R-I-T-E. Terahydrate. That's actually found in dirt. What that does, it goes in your gut and makes all your cells tight, makes them all squeeze together so your intestines and your gut is able to function properly. It's able to fight off the bad stuff and it's able to absorb the vitamins, the nutrients, minerals, the things that you need. And it's going to make you take a a healthy-looking crap. You're going to look at the toilet and be like, damn, I know something good's going on in there for that to be looking like that. And I know from experience, man, so I got my kids on that. I I, I take all the time. uh, And it goes down to diet. It's always hard for everybody. You can't eat fast food. Sorry, not. Even, you know, what about once a week? If you want to, if you're ready to put poison in your body once a week, go ahead. What about just a little bit? If you want to put a little bit of poison in your body, go ahead, but be prepared to feel the consequences because you will. So what do I do? I wake up in the morning and my I, I have eggs made for me, scrambled eggs. I cut up some hillshire sausage and I eat that. When I'm when I'm feeling like like a bad boy, I I use a I get a a, a almond flour tortilla. I'll put them in there with some cheese and some healthy picante sauce, kind of salsa. Eat that. And then for lunch, man, eat some apples. Apples and peanut butter. Stay away from breads. Stay away from carbs. Stay away from the bad stuff. Just remember, you are what you eat. I don't care if you think, you know, oh, it's just a hamburger and some french fries or french fries with potatoes. Those french fries will fuck you up. Those french fries were fried in oil. They're bad for you. They're going to damage our bodies. Your body doesn't know how to absorb this stuff. It doesn't know how to break it down. That's why people get heartburn. Well, unfortunately for us, we're in wheelchairs. So we don't have the capacity that all these other people do who are not injured. So they can go eat all that garbage. They can live with heartburn, take Nexium and all that shit. They're not gonna be as jacked up as we are because we're already compromised. We're already messed up. Our bodies are already dealing with so much stuff. Your diet is number one. If you're having health issues in your life, fix your diet. Don't eat junk. Period. Plain and simple. You know it. It, it, it's, it sounds too good to be true, but I'll tell you, what it is. It's as simple as that. If you're having health problems, change your diet. Period.
0: Yeah, you know, food. I, I I always uh would see this like a little slogan around food is medicine because it's the truth, man. It yeah. really is. That's, so. that's what Hippocrates,
3: the father of medicine, Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. What he means by that is you eat the right things. It's going to cure your body. And you know, if you you got some, you're living with some health issues right now, change your food. Okay. Look at what you're eating. Start reading the ingredient list. And I recommend just eating meats, fruits, and vegetables. If it's not, if it's not natural, then it's not meant to be. God didn't put it in a box. God didn't put it in a can. God didn't freeze it. And if God did freeze it, then eat that. But frozen ain't that bad. But I recommend just staying in the meat section and the produce section, and, and eggs. You'll be healthy.
0: Well, shoot, man, Keith Smith, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. This was, this is so informative. And uh, yeah, I, well, why don't you, uh, you let us know where we can find you on social media and uh, so everybody can yeah. check out. I'll put it in the, in the show description notes too, but um, yeah. Tell uh, I, I,
3: do. I don't, I don't do much social media. I do a Facebook. I'm Keith Smith on Facebook. Uh, uh, the Pomo, sure California. Not, that, sure that.
0: There's not very <laughs> many Keith Smiths on Facebook.
3: Yeah, I know, man. I'm sorry, but you can go to our website, unitedspinalccc.org, and you can contact me that way. Uh, You know, anybody living out there in wheelchairs that has some type of challenge, uh, some type of physical challenge, I encourage them to reach out to me because, you know, that's one of the things I like to do. I like to help people in my situation because then it makes me feel, you know, like my situation goes less in vain. Because and that's that's something we all in wheelchairs try to find. We all try to find purpose. And we need to find purpose in our life, you know. Now that we're in, in our situation, we wanna have purpose. We wanna have purpose. We wanna be productive to how we exist here on this planet, in our communities, in our family lives, in our relationships. We 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 we, we have a purpose. So don't don't let your depression, don't let your disability, don't let your don't let your misunderstanding of the things that are going on around you discourage you or stop you from doing the things here in life that we need to do because we still got jobs to do we still got things obligations to be met and uh we still got things that need to be done here and that's why we're still alive god put us here you know we're still here you know we could have been taken out we ought to be dead with a spinal cord injury not very many people make it through a spinal cord injury but we did because we're the strong ones and we're the strong ones we still have a, a duty to fulfill here. So everybody out there who's living, feeling depressed about their situation, you know, we can go back, back and forth, on and on about the things that that are damaging or or make us upset in life. You start counting your blessings because right. even if your blessings are way outnumbered for you know your your disadvantages, hell, man, you got you got a dozen blessings that's worth living for to me. Maybe I got two thousand disadvantages. But these 12 blessings over here, I'm going to fight for that every day. I'm going to get up. I'm going to put foot to ass theoretically. And I'm just going to do my best, man, because I can. Because I can. And one day, we're not going to be able to. Inevitably, everything you're capable of today, you will not be capable of soon. So take advantage of each capability that we got today. If that's just your voice, then go use it good. Because one day, you're not even going to have that. So use that voice the best you can.
0: I love it, man. Keith Smith, thank you, brother. I will uh we'll definitely have to do this again, man. I think I feel like we could talk for hours. So um appreciate you coming on. And and yeah, we will definitely talk soon.
3: All right. Hey, let's talk to you, Jeremy. And uh hit me up, bro. All right. All
0: right, that was Keith Smith. Um really just infectious personality, man. I really like. Like uh chatting it up with Keith good dude um a lot of lot of tips on you know different ways to kind of stay stay healthy like what not to eat like that's man it's always tough you know like tough for everybody on the diet the diet train but uh you know he definitely gave us some good uh pointers for kind of staying uh keeping away from the bladder infections and UTIs and things like that. And, you know, dealing with the, the psyllium husk. I know Ricardo sent me a picture of a uh, psyllium husk sitting in there in uh, his what, like kitchen there. Maybe he said, my aunt Gina yeah. takes it every day. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I might have to get some of that started to start and uh,
1: start. Yeah. It. Gina swears by it. So, yeah. So it keeps, keeps, keeps you going. You know, um, it has all kinds of other health, um, properties, you know? So she's been trying to get me to go through it. But after I heard Keith, I thought maybe I should start doing the psyllium now after 12 years of Gina doing it. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that's never a good thing when your wife's like trying to tell you to do something for years and then you hear it from somebody else. You're like, Oh, I'm going to try this now. It's probably Well, not,
1: it was, it was, it, well, I mean, you know, he's the only other person that I've ever really heard that uh, takes it. And, you know, and he's – I mean, he's really on a mission to make sure what that he's going to keep his body a temple, you know. Mm-hmm. He gave up all the crappy stuff,
2: you know, so. I actually bought that stuff once and just never I, – I, like, had read about it, so I'm like, I'm going to buy some. And then I took it for, like, two days and, and then never finished it. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, Gina does it every – yeah, every morning Gina has it. So. Yeah. yeah. Sounds
0: like it's, yeah, I mean I might maybe we should uh, do a live to walk again trial run. See how we all feel. Start taking psyllium husk for a month and see see what it does. I'm I'm
1: in. I'm in.
0: All right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll go. Well, it's almost the end of February. We'll uh we'll do it we'll do it for the month of March. Yeah, um, you
1: can also, you know, so um, that's a powder that Gina takes and she scoops it out and um sometimes I think she puts it in a smoothie. I'm not sure oh. but um but you can also get a capsule of it too, so
0: oh nice, nice okay. yeah yeah well, yeah we'll we'll try that out and try some of a uh, yeah, I'm gonna just try to stay away from the chips bro and the freaking french fries and stuff like it's always my downfall, man yeah, I'm like all oh, so, like chips like I'll be all right,
1: yeah. So, you know what? So what I was really inspired about by Keith uh, was his honesty on his life since his injury. Yeah. You know, that he is uh, willing to uh, put out the dark days and then the good days, too. You know, so I, I mean, I was really touched by that because, um, you know, we've talked about it personally, you and I, Jeremy, that you've gone to those dark places before, too right? Yeah. But you know what? There is a purpose for everything. There's a purpose for everything. Everything happens for a reason. And, um, I think that, um, you know, his, um, implant and that is giving a lot of people hope because my, oh, my big issue was, was like, how do you ever recover the, the, uh, muscle strength in muscles that are atrophied? Right. And, you know, yeah. just knowing that, um, people that, um, You know, when I grew up, the big thing was anorexia with young girls, right? And they would get so skinny, the reason they would die is they'd starve themselves to death because they couldn't build up any more muscle anymore. And uh, that was one of the big problems um, with uh, anorexia. So amongst all the other digestive things and psychological stuff, one of the big problems is they didn't have the strength to, you know, because your body starts eating itself, you know. And the same thing is the atrophy, and so I I'm just inspired by the fact that he's willing to do that. And then the other thing, <laughs> I loved his uh, plane travel stories, right? You know, yeah. Like uh, South Southwest man <laughs> is the one to get on if you have to get on it. So
0: right, I said nobody ever before him. So
1: like yeah. that's the you
0: always hear about Southwest. I heard you better keep yeah. your shoes tied on Southwest in case you have to spring into action. So. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's pretty that's pretty funny, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, he uh yeah yeah Keith. I, the thing that got me uh was him talking about have, uh, about his kids, you know, and just like that. He's father of three kids, and and I, I saw him go kind of more in depth on a on another interview. We talked about, you know, he's got three sets of eyeballs looking up to him to kind of guide guide them, you know, guide their lives and like dealing with a spinal cord injury and having, having that pressure on top of it. I mean, that's gotta be, it's a lot, man. It's a lot like dealing with this injury is a lot. So like, that's why I'm, I'm so blown away by people that are able to raise their children after this injury and and still be a, be a successful and, and I guess, you know, person that can, can function even. So Shut up. Well,
1: yeah, the part that really, the part that really touched me is because you know I'm a I'm a hugger, and uh, you know when he said he can't when his kids are having a bad day or he's proud of them that he can't even hug them, you know, and uh, that really really touched me a lot, you know, so uh, yeah. you know, so.
0: Yep, I mean, yeah, it's uh it's a heart. I mean, it, this 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 shit's not for the the faint of heart, man. That's no, a, it is not. So I yeah. Yeah, just want to, you know, Keith. Keith's the man, so appreciate him coming on. Like Brandon and Ferry.
1: I wish him a lot of continued success.
2: Oh,
0: absolutely! There you
1: go. Yeah, with his therapy. Yeah, well, I just wanted to I point out good.
2: in regards to the in in regards to the epidural stimulation that they were receiving. Um. It really seems like that could be something that's going to help really um, create more longevity for people with spinal cord injury, because I feel like part of the, you know, reason why your lifespan becomes limited is, you know, you don't have the ability to exercise, create muscle, those types of things, right? You can only control, you can control maybe your gut health, those types of things. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: So I think that's uh, a lot of promise in that, and hopefully yeah. we can get it around here or anywhere where people can get it.
1: Yeah, and you know, it, I, I think it was really great that um, it will work on your core muscles and your the large muscles like your gluteus maximus and your thigh muscles, right? right. Your your uh, all those those muscles that really um, help you. Um, stabilize your um like you said the blood pressure and things like that yeah so. well, I'm
0: balance it- imbalance imbalance
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: uh the other so. thing he he was uh you know he he's just trying to get in all the trials which is very cool and he was also the first I believe he was the first quadriplegic to have the Neuralink brain scan done so that, that oh yeah was exciting to me as well so yeah um, and we did me and him discuss that a little bit and it's like ah you know i think they're just basically looking for guinea pigs at this point that are you know because none of the what they're doing right now with the with the Neuralink is not they're just testing their equipment essentially they're not it's not going to help you move or regain function or anything like that so once they have that done and, and you are able to do that i'm i'm all in i can't wait so um Put the chip in my brain. Elon, let's
2: go. I, Iron well, Man. I, yeah, I think probably the underestimated part of that is also, I mean, the the dopamine and endorphin rush that he gets from that seems like, honestly, the best part of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that he's exhausted afterwards, you know, that was an interesting part about it. Right, man. that you don't, you, did, did, you don't, because I'm sure, Jeremy, you haven't experienced those. You know, you played football, those uh football workouts, that kind of rush that you get after you worked out, where you just uh, and you get that good deep sleep. You know, I thought that was important too. Right, man, I remember. Like, I mean, I yeah, even
0: now, like getting up at the standing table, it's after I do that for you know. 20 30 40 minutes i'm like wiped out man it's it's a lot yeah yeah uh, yeah i can't even imagine uh, you know you using the epidural stimulation with that i i can't i can't wait till this is more readily available so that everybody can get it. especially if it's something that can benefit doesn't matter if you were injured yesterday or injured 25 years ago it, it can still help you which is incredible so yeah hopefully yeah hopefully we get it to be something that's easily available for anybody yeah Oh. So. yeah all right guys well let's uh on that note we will wrap it up keith appreciate you coming on the show my man and uh boys we will we'll be back next week uh we're going to going to have uh, our guy art renowitzki on art the inspiration talk a little bit about about the foundation and uh, I know his yearly gala got pushed from uh, December I think till March so chat a little bit about that and uh, just kind of what they've been doing down there uh, in the Bay Area sure we'll get into some sports you know he's uh he's the Golden State Road Warriors I love I love Art because he always texts me or uh, message me messages me on IG about Anything he sees about the Sonics coming back to Seattle, so oh, hell oh. yeah,
1: you've
2: yeah. uh, got love for uh, for us up here. Everybody got everybody's got love for the Sonics, man. Do do the right thing.
1: Do it. that's right.
2: Bring them back.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. All right, guys. We'll talk uh, talk soon.
1: Thanks, Jeremy.